This is Show Focus, a show about podcasts. We explore the world of podcasts, reviewing them, recommending them, and enabling you to know what to listen to next. This week on the show, we talk about Cortex, one of our favorite podcasts. We discuss our yearly themes and go over our plans for the coming year. I have Coke now as well, and we have a fridge here as well, so it's actually cold. Oh, I've got Coke. Have you had, how do you feel about flavored Coke? Uh, cherry Pepsi, uh, cherry Pepsi Max is my favourite thing ever. Ah, okay, I can one up you there. I've got my spicy Coke here. I've got fiery cherry. Have you had that? It's got chili in it. Oh no! Like, is it? Is chili chocolate is an abomination. So I assume that's well, just no. As bad. I'm big fan, big fan of. Well, I've got half a bottle that someone left at our house that I've been drinking. So <laughs> is that how you <laughs> found it? Like, oh, okay, I'll drink this. This is here. Yeah. Like, yeah, we have so much, so much. Uh, but, but yeah, you can get peach and uh, other ones now as well. Peach Coke Zero is pretty good. Have you had uh, the ginger Pepsi Max? No, because Sainsbury's don't sell it in Swindon. Oh, it's really good. It's weird. It's confusing. But yeah, anyway, uh, I bought a mechanical keyboard. It, listen to this. Yeah. Cherry MX switches then? Yeah, so they're blue cherry switches. Oh, you got blues. Is that not good? No, it's just every every human around you will hate you forever. Yeah, they're loud. They're loud as hell. I There's a lot of buzz about mechanical keyboards, and yep. there's people that swear by them and people that hate them. I owned one so, once, yeah. Have you still got it? No, I sold it. Fair. So I was like, well, I've got to try this out. So I bought off Amazon. It's a Red Dragon. From that logo is just horrifying. It's horrible. Yeah, I'm going to paint it over. Um. So, yeah, it's big black chunky keyboard but it's got proper mechanical switches so i wanted to try it out on something that was like 30 quid um and see how i go i'm liking it so far it's a 10 keyless which is the mistake i made i got a 10 key one and then the mouse was like miles away from the keyboard if you sent it the keyboard yeah so i i got one that was quite small and compact and would actually fit on my desk yeah I know a lot of them anyway so yeah sense. a lot of them are huge really long and have obnoxious colors so i i got one with no backlighting it's just, just a black keyboard. looks really nice, actually. It does look pretty good. It's got the Windows uh, keys on it, though, hasn't it? Yeah, I've had to remap it to the American layout um, and have do some swapping with Command and Alt and <laughs> some other stuff. But I've got it where I want it now. It only came today, and I'm really liking it. They but... have a PC version, so Control becomes Apple. Yeah. I, yeah, so I mapped Control to Command, okay. Windows to Alt, and then I have another Control key. Oh, no, controller's option, sorry. Yeah. Anyway, I thought I'd put that out there. That's It's pretty nice, yeah. I, I had a Cherry MX Red keyboard at one point, um, but it just ended up in the cupboard. Like, I never really used it um, because it was really big and bulky and annoying. Uh, and, yeah, I don't know. It was just a bit too big. Yeah. Um. So, follow-up. We haven't released the uh, previous episode yet. We thought we'd keep a couple and then uh, release them from there. So, we haven't got any follow-up. We have no feedback um, from anyone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there was a couple of things. We did our top five last week, uh, and I've got a couple that I've started listening to that have been really good. Okay. So I've been listening to The Ground Up Show. Have you heard of this? No, I haven't. No. So it's it's uh, Matt Devella, who is someone, he's a movie director. He did a documentary called Minimalism. It's really interesting on, on Netflix okay. uh, about people that you know are minimalists and and have very few possessions but only things that bring them joy is the way they talk about it Um, and he does one that he does one called the ground up show uh that is really really good he gets on loads of really inspiring people uh creators motivational speakers rappers 
you know, and it's really, really good. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, that's very good. I would have added that in honorable mentions, but I hadn't heard of it last week. So I thought that I would throw that one in there. Nice. Where did you find, how did you find it? Was it in your like recommended in Overcast or what? Well, I saw, I saw the documentary on YouTube and uh, then, okay. no, I saw the documentary on Netflix and then I saw him on YouTube because I was like, oh, that's a face I recommend, I, I, I recognize. Um, he is like extreme minimalist. He has like, he has one t-shirt where he's got 10 copies of them. One pair of jeans. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he has one bowl, one plate <laughs> in the kitchen. Oh man. With... No, I, I get the like having everything the same. I don't get the like not very much of everything. Yeah. Yeah. He obviously has ways of doing that, but yeah. Yeah. So following on from last week then as well, we didn't introduce who we are. Well, not really. No, that's true. No. So I'm Callum. Obviously, this is you and we're brothers. Um, so I, a little bit about me. I'm uh, at Uni in Cardiff at Cardiff University, uh, doing mechanical engineering. So lots of maths and physics and things like that. Um, so I, that's the majority of my work at the moment. And then I also work uh, part time as well. So I, I have to manage kind of two things and structure my time very well. So that kind of follows right into what we're going to talk about today. Um, we mentioned a little bit. I play Ultimate Frisbee as well, which is really, really good fun. I enjoy it. Uh, it's what I spend a lot of my time doing. We talked about that last week a little bit, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, we did with the uh, the Frisbee podcast. Yeah. Um, so you and who are you? What are you doing? So uh, I'm at college at the moment, or as almost, uh, if you're American, it's high school. We call it college. That's all a bit confusing. Um, but I'm doing my A-levels. Uh, I'm in the final year of that. So next year will be, um, so in September, we'll be uh, off to uni, uh, whichever form that takes. We haven't decided which one that is yet. Um, but... I'm sort of in this end of college, going into university uh, stage. You were looking to go abroad, weren't you? Yes, Canada at the moment is the uh, is the top choice. Mate, that's cool. Toronto, it's going to be so cool. Toronto. Yeah, I, yeah. It sounds terrible in a British accent, but if I try and do it, Ameri- uh, try and do it Canadian, Toronto. it sounds wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, have you got any years resolution? So New Year's resolutions, I wanted to talk about them a little bit um, because it sort of follows into our topic for today and the podcast we're going to be talking about. But basically, um, I've had this sort of, turning over in my head, I've had this sort of dissatisfaction with New Year's resolutions and uh, I've, I haven't really done them because they never seem to work. Like, I haven't heard anyone say, oh yeah, I set this as a New Year's resolution and it carried on for the entire year. It never seems to work. Um, people set them as really specific things like run three times a week or... Um, do something very specific and then as soon as they break that they tend to then drop off the train so uh, end of january maybe end of february um people tend to sort of completely give up on them maybe even earlier than that so they don't seem to work the way that people set new year's resolutions um clearly isn't working because i never see any sort of um it's it's a well-known like business thing isn't it like all of the gyms suddenly wake up and put advertising in front of you end of december like everyone signs up nothing happened well you go along for a month or so and then it tends to tail off yeah this kind of leads into cortex which is the the podcast we're going to talk about today um they talk about kind of motivating themselves and getting their work done and the processes they use to do that uh it's by mike Hurley and cgp gray we'll go over those two guys in a little bit they they kind of have a really interesting way of doing it they started up in 2017 they spoke about it on the show and they do yearly themes don't they uh, yeah so uh yearly themes are basically uh a way of doing new year's resolutions without being so specific it's uh, a theme that you set for the year that you tie all of your decisions in that year to 
So um, they've had the year of order, sort of trying to get your life in order. But instead of setting out something very specific, I'm going to do this this year. Instead, you give it a theme and then you work with everything that you're doing that year and sort of tie it into your theme. So it's a way of moving forward without setting out specific goals for yourself. Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of how I've taken what they've said is a way of giving your your year a theme but also kind of having that as like an an overshadowing idea and it's a way that if you're making a decision about something whether you're taking on a new new project or um changing the way you work or changing what you're doing it's something that you can think hey is this is this progressing me towards this goal towards this theme um and i think it's really really good to focus on that and kind of say this year i want to achieve this i'm going to go in this direction so Cortex, um, so yeah, it's Mike Hurley and CGP Grey. Uh, they are both, we explained this on, on our previous show. I think Cortex was in my top five. It wasn't it was, in yours, yeah. was it? It wasn't in mine. I completely forgot about Cortex. <laughs> completely <laughs> no, blanked on that one. I love it. It's one of my favorite shows. And I think it's one of the things that I get, one of the shows that I get most out of is that I come away from most things of like, oh, these are how, this is the way that these guys do this. Um, you know, they keep track of what they've got to do or uh, they talk a lot about different uh to-do managers and different ways of taking notes and all of that sort of specific stuff. That it's I kind about of giving to. you tools to sort of organize your life in a, in a methodical way. Like they talk about how they do it and you can take little bits from that and integrate that into your life instead of being straight entertainment. It's actually really helpful what they talk about. Exactly. And they've definitely got their methods of doing that really polished. Definitely, um, yeah. So yeah, Mike Hurley is a full-time podcaster. He's on loads and loads of different shows. He's the co-founder of Really FM. It's probably double digits the number of shows he's on. I can't count them all. Yeah, all weekly. Like that is one hell of a uh, you know a workload. Um, and then CGP Grey is on Hello Internet, another one of our favorite shows. I think it was my top. Was it yours? It was in my list. I can't, I can't remember where I put it, but yeah. I love that show. Really, really good. Um, so he's on that show. He's on Hello Internet. They talk about whatever's happening in the world, really. It's so random. Yeah, he also has a YouTube channel that he makes educational videos on. Um, and they are always so well thought out and so well executed. And he will spend months and months on like one script and researching different topics. Uh, just and so yeah, yeah each each five or ten minute video you watch of his, you're like, oh my goodness, it suddenly makes sense. You know, whatever he's talking about, he explains it in such a good way. Um, and so he that is kind of his work. Uh, and they talk about where they do their work on what machines and kind of how they uh, motivate themselves and keep themselves on track and work with other people in the team uh, and you know kind of yeah talk about that a lot because they're both independent you have no one saying what you should be doing like what you have no one overseeing what you should be doing with your time uh so planning out your time and uh being methodical with your work is really important otherwise nothing would get done you have no one else to be accountable to, really, do you? Well, exactly, yeah. Um, so you almost have to be accountable to yourself, accountable to your system. Um, so you have to build that in a way that works for you, in a way of, um, yeah, as you said, motivate, as you said, motivating yourself um, to get your to get your work done. Yeah, I I kind of relate to this a little bit. I'm at university at the moment, and uh, I've had exams come. Well, I've just done my final exam today, actually. Um, but uh, yeah, it's like motivating myself and keeping track of my time has been really important, so that I know what I've, how much time I've spent on each one of my modules in this case. But you know, for anyone else, it could be different projects or different things. And so that I've kind of taken some top tips from them and how they do that. Uh, yeah. So 
we've got our own yearly themes, haven't we, Ian? This has been the first year for me, actually. I don't know about you, but doing this yearly themes thing, I've been... Uh, I've listened to the podcast they've done on yearly themes the last few years, and I haven't really implemented it properly. Yeah, we've this year we've done our yearly themes, and we've sort of planned it out and decided what we're going to do uh, over the year. So we're going to be talking a little bit about that. Yeah, I think this could be a theme for us going on, is that whenever we do these shows, we could kind of do what they do uh, and jump in and do it ourselves. Yeah, I think it'd be, be a fun thing to do. So this year, obviously, I'm going into... Uh, I'm at, in third year of uni at the moment, so I will come out of September uh with a bachelor's in engineering hopefully it all goes to plan um I'm, I'm going and doing a master's again but i think for me the work has ramped up hugely this year so i think my theme's gonna uh reflect that that's always gonna happen in the in the last year of anything isn't it really exactly exactly it's you know gone through the roof i've got a project this year that i need to manage and track my time and make sure that uh i'm working to a schedule and plans and things like that so that's kind of included in in here as well um also, I do that alongside a part-time job. So knowing how many hours I've got in a week to do a certain amount of work is really important so that I don't get to the weekend when I'm working my shifts and then have something in it, you know, on Monday that uh, I have to do. So um, my year, I'm going to name the year of focus. And that is going to be to do with, uh, I'm going to, I've started from the 1st of January tracking all my time. It's been something I've wanted to sort of try out a little bit because I think it's really interesting um, I think it'd be horrifying, frankly, uh, what I spend my time on. But I think it's an interesting exercise to do, even if you do it for like a month or so and then give up on it. But it, it, it sort of lets you know where your time is going and what you can do to improve, what you can change um, to get more done with your time. Exactly. This is something I lifted straight out of Cortex. Both of the guys, Gray and Mike, both track their time and find it a really useful tool for knowing how long certain tasks take them as well as what you know what they're spending their time on is that i know kind of an anecdote from that is that mike would say hey i'm off to edit this show i'll be back in 20 minutes and his wife would be no <laughs> i know you're going to be back in 45 minutes but i think when you're doing it yourself you know you don't really have a good estimation of how long something takes you're in a time warp of editing focus and you you have no idea like well yeah you always think it takes less time than it actually does because you're you're focused and it always feels like less time than it actually is. Whereas if you track it, the numbers don't lie. It, it tells you exactly how much time it takes. Exactly, and I've I've been I've had my mind blown by that by just tracking. I've tracked what work I've been doing for each module in university. Oh, uh, that's interesting. Yeah, over revision. So I've been like, I'm doing this much on, for me anyway, energy studies on materials and manufacture or, or all of those exciting things. So I can see how much time I've spent on one thing. I always found I got to the beginning of a revision period and would revise for the first exam. And then I'd do that and the rest would hit me and I realized I haven't done enough. Well, exactly. You always go, oh yeah, I'm going to do till the i'm going to revise the first exam till the first exam and then start on the others or do a little bit of the others but because that first exam is sort of in your head and it's the first date coming up you always revise more for that than you do the others exactly so i've been yeah so i've been tracking modules also the time for this show so any edit, editing time and prep time on there any general life stuff whether it's just like tidying up or you know running errands or different things i will track that if it's like shopping i didn't know that you know Lidl is around the corner it takes me 40 minutes by the time i've got there grabbed everything paid and come back when i thought it was a 10 minute round trip you know that was one of those things no it's never a 10 minute round trip yeah. it's not is it so yeah that sort of thing has been really eye-opening as well as i've been tracking my time at work work so i can see 
it's really quite shocking to see how much time I spend there versus in university. Uh, so that's been really good. I've been doing that again on recommendation from Gray and Mike is through an app called Toggle, T-O-G-G-L. Uh, it's an app on the App Store. It's primarily a web service. So you can log into the page and start tracking your time there. But So it doesn't mean you have to be online all the time, which is quite frustrating. Um, but it's very, very good. It displays everything in a really clear way. You can look at your week, your month. Um, if it is professional, you can allocate certain clients to different tasks so you can see what's billable to who so if you're a, a lawyer or a consultant or something where your time is billable to you know a certain client you can do that um and it produces really really good reports that you can send off so you can do so you can look at the sort of the overall trend over a year or whatever exactly yeah on one of the last shows episode 79 of cortex they go over this their themes for this year uh, and they have been doing it three years now and so and they've been time tracking for that time as well and can go over and compare 2017 to 2018 to 2019 and see how much time they spent on each one of those things and kind of get the bigger scope of it all, which is really interesting. So I'm, I'm looking forward to getting to January next year and being, oh, I did this much time on this or this much time on that. And it gives you a picture of how much your time is worth as well. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really interesting. So that's something I've taken on that's straight out of there that's going in my yearly theme. I did it from the first and I've, it, I thought it was going to be a real big switch to change to tracking my time and remembering, but it's been, it's been fine. Every time I sit down to do work, I know, oh, I'll track this. And it's one button in an app that starts it and you can name it whatever you want and track it to whatever thing. So, so what have you been tracking then? Is it just been college work or has it been, how does that all work? Anything where I'm sat at a desk, really, that's how I kind of think of it is, okay. yeah, so university work for different modules, um, work for this podcast, I'll, I'll track that just to see how much time it is taking me, uh, recordings and editing, and I've got one going now for that. Uh, also, like, yeah, errands and life stuff. If it's something I do repeatedly, I can see how much time I've spent uh, buying shopping or you know doing certain things uh, and that, that kind of goes in a i've got a category called life <laughs> that it all goes in there and then i've got uh like university and then i've got work work so yeah it's really right, good nice i've got to give that a go i would um, encourage anyone who you know finds that interesting at all do it it's so so good to see and i it kind of gives you a picture of at the end of the day how productive have i actually been i think it's really easy to go away feel good about yourself or bad about yourself just because your, you know, estimation in your head of how much time you've you've actually spent working. You spent three is, hours in the library, but like 60% of it was just procrastination, getting up and getting drinks and doing whatever. Exactly. So that's kind of allowed, it's given me a little bit of freedom, is that when I go into revision periods, I have this kind of constant guilt of I should be doing work now, I should be doing work now. Whereas if I can, if I can come out of the day at, you know, 7pm and be like, I've done eight hours today, <laughs> nailed it, I can kind of have the evening off and not feel bad about myself whereas i think if i didn't know that i probably wouldn't you know exactly what you've done so you can uh yeah you can kind of rest easy with that um so yeah that's that's in there uh task management i've been using things uh which is a really really good app on ios it's a little expensive i think it's about tenner can you talk about this because i i'm i've been using um todoist or, or as uh siri calls it todoist todoist <laughs> um a little bit and I have been sort of dissatisfied with it it doesn't do very much it doesn't really lay it out in a very methodical way um so I've been sort of looking around for different things to see what would work for me so I want to hear what you what you've been doing like how you've been using it to to sort out your time I opened up Todoist or Todoist and added a couple of things and then immediately deleted the app 
uh, I think it shows how much I I like like user interface design. Yeah. Like if something doesn't look good to me, I I didn't even try it. I opened it and was like, no, nah, no, nah, gone. Also, the fact it's web based is annoying because you have to be off, you have to be online all the time. And sometimes I have like really rubbishy signal in uni or whatever, and I, I don't want to do that. So I just used it on my phone, so I don't I don't know how that the syncing works. Yeah, Things is uh, just an just a, an app, a time tracking app. It does a really really good job of um, it has like an inbox. So whenever you add anything through, there's a widget uh, on iOS and Android, uh, or add it through your you know personal assistant thingy, whether that's Google or whatever. Um, it will go in there and you can kind of move it into different sections. So I've got a section for, again, life, a section for this show, a section for university, uh, and then one for my work work. Um, and I kind of move things in and out of there. And then obviously like inside university, it allows you to give you like subsections um, and have a really good picture of what you've got to do. Um, it makes it easy to like with one tap set a deadline or like a reminder, which others take a long time to do. So in the stock uh, in the stock app on your phone it's really annoying to go in and change the date and all that stuff so you can do it with one tap on here or a keyboard shortcut as well um it does a really good job of doing um so I, I add everything in there it allows me to set deadlines really quick i can attach it to certain apps and files uh that mean as soon as i open up the task i can see oh i need to go to this url and do this thing or i need to open this file um and it makes linking them really good it also has a, a dark mode oh that's <laughs> which, always good, always good. <laughs> which is a I'm winner sold. uh it has a, a completely black mode as well for those who have like oled phones that's nice um i really like it it syncs over the cloud uh over your cloud service of choice whether that's dropbox or or whatever um you can sync it over there it's really good also there's some good sections like there's a someday section so if you're like oh there's an idea of something i want to do but i don't know when you can chuck it in there and just have everything there so if it's like oh here's a thing i want to do in three months time or here's something i need to do whenever i get around to it it can go in there uh, and doesn't show up as something you need to do every day that was really annoying yeah because that's just annoying you add it to your um your to-dos and it's always sat there like along with all the other stuff you've got to do it's sat there like you're not going to do that now, but it's sort of almost snagging you because it's in the list. You can't ever clear your list. Whereas if it's separated out, you can you can intentionally go to it rather than it always popping up to you. And for those who have heard of the book Getting Things Done, GTD, it kind of goes along with that with, I want things to show up in the today pane that I can action on and do today. If they're reliant on something that's coming later or a deadline is much later, then they kind of get pushed to the back of the queue. So yeah, that's really good. I, I really like things. Um, so I've taken that again straight out of the podcast. Um, yeah, Gray uses it. Uh, Federico uses it. Federico Vitici. Uh So yeah, that's really, really good. Um, yeah, so I've got my degree to do time tracking uh, and managing time well. So yeah, I'm going to call it the year of focus of kind of evaluating what I need to be doing, what I don't, keeping track of all that stuff. Uh, yeah, that's kind of my yearly theme. I'm going to you know, reflect on that over the year with different decisions and different things I end up doing. Yeah. Nice. So uh, I've got my, I'm sort of stealing the name from Gray. I'm going to call it the year of order. Um, but that means something obviously different to me than it does for Gray. It's sort of intentionally vague. But I've got a lot, as we sort of already talked about, I've got a lot changing this year. I've got, I'm finishing college, going into university. Um, so there's just, I'm potentially moving countries there's a whole lot going on and I've also got to get my A-levels done it's the final year I've got to revise for those exams and sort of be productive with my time running up to those exams 
So my year of order is all about making intentional decisions about how I spend my time, uh, sort of linking it back to the to-do lists and the time tracking. I'm going to be trying to get into those this year um, and really mapping out my time and how I use it and uh, being more intentional with that time to get work done because I've always been a bit sort of frantic, a bit all over the place um, because that tends to be how I work. And I'm trying to sort of tie that down so that I know exactly how much work I'm doing, how much work I should be doing um, and what what work on what stuff like as you said you, you've been time tracking your um your hours on different units i need to be doing that for my a levels so i know exactly what master vision i've done exactly what chemistry vision i've done um and that kind of thing so that i can really really plan it out and make sure i get all of the work done that needs to get done so uh, that's sort of been my that's sort of my theme for this year and sort of finding strategies to get that work done uh, so i don't get distracted so i don't move on and do something else um, and that I actually spend my time on the things I should be spending my time on. So, uh, yeah, that's that's sort of the theme for this year. I suppose it's all about having a system, isn't it? Well, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's about finding my system, finding what works for me. Yeah, so I, I kind of did that last year um, and was like, I'm going to add everything into this. Uh, I did it with a task management, right? Is like, add, I'm going to add absolutely everything in here because I know I will try. I think I always think I can keep a track of what I have to do in my head but actually having that list in my head really stresses me out. And I found it like it would wind me up. And I was like, oh, what, what have I got to do now? Or I'd forget to do things. So having a system that is, I'm going to throw it in this app so it's written down, whether that's on in an app or if it's written down on paper, it's like whatever works for you, really. It always it? helps to have it laid out visually. So instead of it sort of you remember this thing and then you remember another thing you've got to do and then another thing, it's all laid out um, in front of you so you know exactly what you've got to get done rather than remembering another thing later on or sort of it all being all over the place it's all set out you know exactly what you've got to do in what order how long that's going to take you uh, that sort of links into the time tracking if you know how long things take you you can assign times to those things and be a lot more clear with what you're doing and not get overwhelmed with it which is really my problem and also I forget things really easily I have terrible short-term memory um, and with my work which is um, I set up science practicals for the college as well um, different teachers ask me to do different things and I always forget about um, I always forget little things that I'm meant to be doing so uh, saying out in a to-do list is always really helpful so I know exactly what I'm doing in what order and when those things are all due um, so that's sort of what I'm trying to do this year. So we'll go over a little bit about Cortex itself then. We haven't actually spoken about the podcast yet, have we? We haven't talked about Cortex at all. We've gone just dive straight into our yearly themes. <laughs> We've done uh, Cortex if it was Callum Newen. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I think this all started out with uh, Hello Internet. So uh, Gray was on Hello Internet and spoke a lot about how he gets work done and all of that stuff. And I think basically Mike pinned him down and was like, hey, we need to do a show about this. Sounds about you said, right. Yeah. Yeah. You said something was interesting and you didn't talk about it very much. And I want to talk about that a lot more. So um, <laughs> I think Gray initially committed to 10 episodes uh, and then Mike was like, it, you know, it carried We're going to do more than 10 episodes. Yeah, yeah, it, was... it started out as Gray. Gray's weird. The way he gets stuff done is all a bit weird, but it's also really methodical. Um, and so I think Mike started out being like, I want to know how you get stuff done because it's obviously very clear, very defined. Um, it, he's all got it. He's got it all worked out. So yeah, they, they talk about lots of their systems really, isn't it? A lot of it. It's like, I use this thing to do this thing. And um, like, I know Gray does a certain, like a note, like almost like a journal every day, a draft a day was the episodes they talked about that. I think that's episode nine. Um, and that how they, uh, keep track of their ideas and uh, and and what they're going to work on next. What 
was one of the weird things he did. He, he has a grey guide, doesn't he? Oh yeah. So he had a uh, so he has a document on his computer of things. Sort of this is how grey does things. Document. It's it's kind of a this is what grey has learned over the length of his life. Is like he. You know, every so often goes back and updates a document with... I think everyone has that. They just haven't gone to the lengths of writing it down in a document. <laughs> yeah. It's like, here is what I learned today. Um, and then goes over it and kind of has had multiple revisions of the Grey Guide. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. He also works in like a big glass cube office, which is really cool. Oh man, he, that's amazing. It's like minimalist has... one-on-one glass yeah. cube. It's so futuristic and nice. Uh... So he has one glass cube with two desks. One is for animation and editing work. So he has one desk with one computer on it. And then he spins around and there's another desk with another computer that is only for writing and podcasting. And so he kind of has these two separate spaces, almost physical spaces, but end up meaning, you know, being sort of mental spaces of how he's working. Um, and he does it that way. And Mike is a really, really good interviewer. So he, he manages to get all of this stuff out of Grey, which is really good. This tends to be a general trend with podcasters, uh, this tends to be a sort of a general trend with podcasting is that you you have an interviewer and then you have an interviewee or multiple interviewees or some sort of arrangement of that um and that's what what's happening here you have gray with his ideas um very methodical very opinionated and then you have um mike who's great at interviewing people um getting all the information out of gray steering the podcast in sort of a in a good way and i just love that combination of the two of them yeah i, I know gray has um, he's had a, a little period of, of time off the internet, hasn't he? So he's done almost a year with no YouTube, no Twitter, no Reddit, so that he can kind of focus on his work and doesn't end up pulling ideas from other people. I think that's really interesting as well. It's like it's kind of given him time to focus on what he does and the way he does it rather than, I think it's almost a subconscious thing a lot of the time is that your work will follow the other stuff you've been seeing. It will always and reflect trends. And if you're watching YouTube videos, you're going to make YouTube videos like the YouTube videos you've been watching. Um, which I had this as well. I've been making uh, sort of photography and cinematography YouTube videos. And then I, I come up with an idea and I go, have I seen that before? Um, has someone else done that? And then if you're sort of thinking about an idea and then you see a video like it, you always sort of gravitate towards the way that someone has done that video. Gray does sort of explanational videos on geography stuff, well, sort of loosely geography stuff. Um, and so if you hear someone else explain that same theory, you're going to explain it almost exactly like they explain it. If they come up with some sort of interesting metaphor or some interesting way of explaining it, you almost can't explain it differently because you've heard that. You'll always gravita gravitate towards that idea. Yeah, I think it's a kind of a, a really good idea to try and stay away from that and try and focus on, you know, how you want to do it. And it kind of ends up with you creating your own style, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. It, it It's just you as an input into how you make your videos instead of everyone else's videos that are kind of similar but not the same. Um, they did state of the apps as well, didn't they? Where they go over all of the apps in different categories and kind of talk about their favorite ones. I take a lot of recommendations from them because I know they've gone and tried 50 different calculator apps and loads of, <laughs> loads of different cloud storage and, uh, you know, different simulators. Uh, they've done all the research for you for this kind of system, haven't they? They've done, they didn't, yeah, they've done all the research for you, tested all the apps, and then you just take the one that they, they, end up using it's a bit like a wire cutter guide isn't it it's like i can't be bothered to do this work myself so i'm going to look and see what well, exactly. someone else thinks yeah you want to buy anything tech go and go on to wire cutter see if they've done any sort of rankings on that kind of thing and then buy the top one it works it's not if right. they they will have yeah yeah <laughs> they've got so many on there um yeah
Next week, do you want to do your Orphan Black thing? Yes, yes, I do. What What's the show called again? Orphan Black. The the podcast. Oh, uh, Sestracast is the podcast, but they just sort of go over um, Orphan Black, so they do it episode by episode. And one of them had never seen it before, which is Kathy Campbell. So oh, so she's listening to her. it for the first time. So there's um, Jean, I can't remember her surname, but Jean uh, was wanted to do a podcast on Orphan Black and then wanted someone else to do it with her. Um, and Kathy came in before she'd even seen Orphan Black and agreed to do it. So there's nice. Kathy who's seen it. No, there's um, Jean who's seen it multiple times over. And then there's uh, Kathy who's going going through it one episode at a time. And just find it really interesting. Um, but Orphan Black is probably my favorite TV show of all time. It's quirky. It's weird. Kind of fast paced. Um, but I, I just love it as a, as a show. And I wanted you to watch the first three episodes because it's a whirlwind. And I think it would be interesting to talk about. So go on then. What's our homework for that? Uh, so you've got to watch the first three episodes on Netflix of Orphan Black, um, because it's those three episodes are sort of their own little mini series. Um, it's well, there's a, the whole first season, but the first three episodes is a setup for the for the rest of it because there's, it's all a bit of a complicated story. So the so everything that would be in the first episode is in the first three effectively. Um, they set up the whole um, what do you call it? Uh, they they sort of set up the the start of the plot in the first three episodes, um, which is just I just love those those first three episodes. If you like those three, you'll love the rest of Wolf and Black. Yeah, I wanted you to watch it and tell me what you think of it because it's interesting and it's weird and I don't think I've seen anything like it. So okay, I I shall do that for next week. Uh, yeah, so I'll I'll watch the first three episodes of the Netflix stuff and then we'll we'll go from there and and the podcast. So episode. yeah, go and watch the first three episodes of um, Orphan Black. If you want to listen to the podcast as well, they do some really interesting commentary. Uh, that's episode by episode. So if you want to watch the first episode, listen to the first podcast, and then so on and so forth. I, this is not something I would normally listen to or watch, so we'll find out. That could be an interesting one. You're either um, going to love it or you're going to hate it, but you're going to have something to say about it, that's for sure. So it's going to yeah. be an interesting episode. I'll give you it straight. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll see. You know, I, you, we could find out that I'm a reformed man. I have suddenly loved sci-fi uh, and we'll be well into it, but we'll see. <laughs> it, it's, <laughs> it's great. I, I, wanna, I really want to hear what you think of this. This is going to be great. So I think that's been about it for episode two of Show Focus. Today we've talked about Cortex. I think they're going to be the first link in the show notes. So if you want to go and listen to that, both of us would wholeheartedly recommend that you go and do that. Definitely. Um, I love that it, show. It's a really, really good show. It, it made it in my top five. I love it. So um, if you want to listen to that, if you found anything we've spoken about today at all interesting, um, then, you know, it's, it's a definite uh, go listen to it. Um so yeah, this we're going to be releasing two episodes to so this one and the last one, pushing out there now. Um, we would love it if you could leave an iTunes review for us. Um, I think that's the only one of the only ways of getting your podcast recommended in other people's apps uh, on the internet. Uh, podcasts are kind of structured in a way that it's either word of mouth or iTunes reviews that uh, get you out there. So we would love it if you could um, leave a little sentence and a star review on there. It would be amazing. So I want to talk about airplane mode. So yeah, airplane mode. One of my friends went home for Christmas and forgot, realized they got halfway through the flight and realized they didn't have airplane mode on and was freaking out about it. And I, I find this mind blowing that if there was a genuine risk of 
uh, of signals, be it Bluetooth or Wi-Fi, affecting a plane. Don't you think we would know about it? We would have heard about how many plane crashes or problems with engines or whatever happened uh, like, by now because we've been flying for the last 50 years or something. And of all the things that we carry onto planes and how strictly regulated it is, phones are cool, they don't check. Like, I, I, I don't even think it should be called airplane mode in phones. I think that's what gets people freaking out. If it was just like... It's what people yeah, know it as, so I don't think it would change, but... If it was really a problem, they wouldn't have Wi-Fi on planes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that, that is mandatory for you to have Wi-Fi on for that. And I don't yeah. think data, sim- data signals are at all different to that. Um, so it doesn't matter. You won't get any signal. But apart from that, it really does not matter. It's they quite literally put out their own version of that signal for you to connect to with their devices. I, I don't understand why this is still a thing in the modern age. Like, I don't think they even tell so, you to put airplane mode on anymore, do they? Uh, no, I suppose they don't. They don't. Maybe it's just that it's called that in phones and they're worrying about it to begin with. But I, I find it utterly confusing. Uh, yeah. And then, sorry, this is going to be a rant-a-thon, but I've, I've got another one. Okay, go uh, ahead. It's about Casey Neistat. So uh, Casey Neistat, those of you who don't know, YouTuber, um, one of the ones right at the top, yeah. Uh, it's kind of the face of YouTube, but he he is employed by Samsung, and so he's been he's been doing it for ages. But he's been doing tech reviews where he will compare a Samsung phone to another phone, and I find this conflict of interest much. Yeah, conflict utterly of interest. baffling. And he will tweet about he will tweet about Samsung phones. He will tweet about other ones. Um, I, I find it's so about you Casey Knight. Have them paying you for adverts, and then you then compare their phone with something else. Because that's just built for bias, isn't it? You're always going to say the Samsung phone's better because they're paying you for, even if it's for something completely different, you then see that that um, company in a completely different light. So you can't be objective about that phone. So you can't. Yeah, and have... he'll do like a camera view where he has one Samsung phone and another phone side by side. And I think tech reviews and other reviews of anything really are based entirely on how much you as the viewer trust the opinion of the person you're listening, watching, reading. Exactly, yeah. And so if you're like, hey, this dude's being paid, what value is it to anyone? I I find it completely baffling. It hurts YouTube reviewers as a whole, because if they're, um, even if they are objective, we hear it a lot that um, reviewers are being accused of being sponsored by that company or being paid by that company for that review. Um, And sort of Casey doing this really, really, sort of exacerbates that makes it worse um for people who are actually doing legitimate um tech reviews objective tech reviews yeah i also austin evans is another one where he's like hey guys (laughs) hey guys this is austin which he always does doesn't he yeah he's like we're gonna find out if this hp laptop is worth it and today we're sponsored by hp (laughs) and i you can't I, do that. If you're sponsored by Squarespace or whatever, then fair enough, it's completely different. But you can't be sponsored by something that close or by that exact company. It doesn't yeah. it doesn't work. So this is now you a can't... voluntary ten minute advertisement that I'm watching. But it's and, not framed as an advertisement. Yeah. If it was framed as an advertisement, then hey, fair enough. I don't care. Yeah. But if it's yeah, framed yeah, as a yeah. as a review, I'm gonna give you my objective opinion of this, then it you're just selling the the um viewer on something that isn't you're yeah. just selling So he was kicking off yeah, so Casey was kicking off about the headphone jack and being like, Samsung still has them, blah, 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 and, and tweeting about it. And then also put out a video on YouTube about it um, and has about loads of other things, be it, you know, cameras or <laughs> video tests or this and that. And I I, I, I don't understand. I, it really winds me up and I needed to find someone to rant about it. So that's what I'm doing now. Uh, yeah, I don't get it. So he was kicking yeah, off. I, I find that find that annoying as well. Yeah, definitely. Um yeah, it's it's again this whole one person doing something stupid in it, 
it it becomes the outsider's view of YouTube, the the Logan Paul problem, I like to call it. Um, it's the one person does something stupid, and then everyone else has to suffer because we're all on this platform together. Outside, yeah, I know. Hello, Internet. We're talking about it the other day, wasn't it? It's like with all this stuff that's going on on YouTube. If let's say if it was your full time job, like it is for them, how would you feel talking to someone at a dinner party or something you've never met and be like, "Hey, I'm a YouTuber." What does that say? Um, and you know, those guys make really high, uh, you know, high production quality, well polished videos, and they're educational uh, videos. Know. Like they're they're helpful videos. They're clean. They're incredibly well made. Um, like they're almost TV quality. They're all it really impressive. It's like they're they're. But then you're being framed with Jake Paul and KSI and <laughs> a few of those. You, yeah, I I don't understand. But then you're.